day one, it's been down since. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh yeah. You feeling it, Oos? Yeah, buddy. Down since day one-ish. The CZWP. Friday Night Smackdown review. The A-Show. The A-Show at WWE. The Saturday edition. Happy Saturday. Coming at you the day after the Friday Night Smackdown. My name is Kale with a C. And I'm Zach with a Z. It's the Kale and Zach WrestlePod, also known as the CZWP. That's probably how you found us on your podcasting listening device. It's great to be here. What we do every week is break down the latest episode of Friday Night Smackdown that airs on Fox. And we also get into some of the other stuff going on in the world of wrestling a little bit later on in the show. So stay tuned. Should be a lot of fun. We had an episode of Smackdown that went down. Last night was some interesting stuff happening. So what do you say, Zach? We jump right into it? Yes, sir. Let's go. All right, man. Well, hey, first of all, you know, we're still in the Thunderdome down in Orlando at the Amway Center. WWE Thunderdome. Yeah, it's not going to change for a while, you know. Yeah. It's going to stay there for a while. Yeah, yeah, seems that way. But it's cool. I feel like they're always kind of finding new ways to fill some of the space. And, yeah, that's, you know. that's what I like about WWE. They're... Trying new yeah, things. Yeah, constantly you know. innovating with what they got going on down there. But yeah, the Thunderdome era continues. And it opened with the way they love to open these shows, you know, with uh Danit, Danit, Banit, Damn Wow, Banit. More great impressions here on yes, the CZWP. Sir. That's a part of the fun. I don't know if it was cool as you singing the Uso theme opener. That I like that, good. man. That's pretty good. Yeah. Since you're in a band, you you, yeah. you know how to <laughs> Get everything together, you know? Yeah, at least I tell myself that. <laughs> but yeah, man, so the show opens, Roman Reigns, Universal Champion, With coming Paul down to Heyman. the ring. And uh, they cut into a promo. Paul Heyman starts doing his Paul Heyman thing. Noticeably... He's just more subdued than he was with Brock Lesnar when he was Brock's advocate Yeah, uh, through his most recent run as such, um, which I like. I like the more subtle approach. And Paul Heyman has it and also Roman Reigns. Just I love his sort of nonchalant he, you know, attitude he sort of has right now. Um, yeah, man, it's fun. It's a little bit different. I like the praise that uh, Paul Heyman was giving to Jey Uso coming out, like before he came out, because he does come out, and uh, they were just, you know, you know, just giving the praise for him, you know, being in the main event, come, and then he came out. That's what you know, and uh, yeah, they talk about Jey Uso winning the number one contendership right. last week. Of course, Roman's cousin. As we mentioned, we got the family feud angle happening here as yeah. now Jey Uso is set up to uh, take on Roman for Roman's universal title at Clash of Champions at the end of the month. Um, but good setup here. Yeah, Heyman does a nice job putting over Jay and the announce team, and they all really put over, they make a really big deal about them being family in real life, their cousins, as I think you just mentioned. Yeah, they show the pictures of uh, how they grew up together and everything like that. And Yeah, going down the memory bloodline, lane. The bloodline, yep. The bloodline. Yeah, man. So Jey Uso comes out. Well, you I, I liked when, you know, they were, Roman said something about, like, I'm going to beat the crap out of you, basically, like when we were kids. You know, he didn't say it quite like that, but yeah. that's basically what he was saying. And uh, I liked how Jay was like, you know, we're not kids anymore, Oos. Yeah. We're adults now, and it's different. Because I guess Jay is the younger twin, as we I think they even just mentioned. I didn't really know that. <laughs> but they mentioned it on the air, you know, the announcers did. And they're both they're younger than Roman. So they're sort of making the case that Jay is kind of the underdog here, even in the family itself. I like that Roman came like and said, like, he's going to do it like you're you're in the main event, you're going to get a big payday and all that, and basically, like, he's going to make his money for his family, you know, and be in the, you know, the main event. I thought that was great for Roman to say that as a heel, you know, but he's going to kick his ass and, yeah, you know, that's what's basically going to that happen. That was good, and it was still super heel of Roman to do because he's basically like, yeah, you're going to get to be in the main event, you're going to make that main event money, you're going to make your family proud, but you notice he... He's basically saying, you don't have a chance to yeah. take my title. Right. Like, I'm going to beat you down, you know. 
But we can't forget about while they were talking, King Corbin comes out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> da, 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 we don't have to give him so much pride. <laughs> it's like the worst mashup theme ever in wrestling. He's I the worst wrestler. And yeah, of course, you know, King Corbin has to get involved. Yeah, and complain about like how it's a conspiracy or whatever that it was set up to have his family, you know, in the match and whatnot. And it was just an awful take by King Corbin, basically. But you know, he earned the spot. Jey Uso did, and uh, yeah. And then Sheamus or Rocky Balboa or whatever you want to call him, <laughs> Sheamus and his magic cat, magic interrupt. cat. Yeah, yeah. And then he's agreed with King Corbin, basically, and. They both came out to the ring, and uh, Jey Uso, they told Jey Uso to, like, you know, be quiet. They're talking about the, to the grown man, Roman Reigns, and he's like, listen, like, you don't talk to me like that. Like, I'm grown, too, or whatever, and basically set up his own match and put, said the bloodline versus, like, something else. I don't know what he was trying to put there, but um, he nominated, which was funny, he nominated... Uh, Us, you know, Roman as his partner to face them. And Roman, it was just funny how you had like him attack, Jey Uso attack Sheamus and King Corbin. And Roman did not do a thing about like, (laughs) he just stood there, let Jey do everything. And like, you could see the tension was still building, even though like he didn't want to be a part of it. You could tell that was the case with Roman. Yeah, Roman is kind of like on the outside looking in right now. I actually really love how much in character in this new heel character he's doing, which it still blows my mind to think that we have Roman Reigns, the bad guy, finally. But uh, Yeah, I don't think, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I don't think uh, Jey Uso is quite there yet, thinking that it's like just Roman by himself and that's only what he cares about you know yeah it's like jay doesn't quite get it yet which i'm sure will come into play later but uh yeah uh you know jay so what did he super kick sheamus and throw king corbin into the rail but yeah um roman reigns i guess the main point is i just love how detached roman feels from everything that's happening right now it's like comfortably numb roman reigns yeah, for those uh, Pink Floyd fans out there, I'm sure there's a ton all listening to this podcast, of course. But yeah, it's comfortably numb, Roman Reigns, right now. I'm going to roll that because he doesn't seem to really care. Um, really like what they're doing with Roman. I thought it was a good open. Yeah, I agree. It was just spot on with what a heel should be doing and what a face should be doing, you know? Yeah, and so then I think... Uh, are you, you done with that segment? Yeah. Yeah, I think then we got a tease just for what was coming up later on the show where they mentioned that Bailey is going to address her attack last week on Sasha Banks. Um, and also there will be a fatal four-way match to determine Bailey's new challenger for the SmackDown women's title that would be between Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Lacey Evans, and Tamina. So that was coming up later. And... uh also, of course, Intercontinental Championship yeah. on the line. And I think this was what happened next in the show. It was Sami Zayn that was in the production room. Who oh, was like, yeah. Who Good is shout. Like, who Good is, shout. like, upset. And he's like, why are you showing the fraud champion of Jeff Hardy facing uh, AJ Styles? They're not They're not wrestling on there. Uh, something like that. You yeah, know, like, well, he's like, I'm the Intercontinental yeah, yeah, Champion right, 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 as right. he has a belt in his hand, you know, because, of course, Sammy never lost his Intercontinental yeah. title. He was just gone for months. You know, uh, people obviously know the world's been a crazy place the last few months. Correct. I love in storyline, though, how they're just like, you know, because they never acknowledge, you know, what's going on yeah. in the world in yeah. the storyline in WWE. But they're just like, where the hell have you been for the last few months? You know, I kind of like, love check how my Twitter. Like, like when yeah, you came back, yeah. check my Twitter. <laughs> but I love Sami Zayn. He's been so great since he's come back. The guy is so entertaining. He's barely even done anything in the ring yet. Although we would see some later on. We'll get to that in just a couple minutes. But this was funny backstage stuff. You know, I went to commercial. Clever, yeah. clever little cut to commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's like, just Sammy's just pressing buttons on the 
Yeah. Which yeah. Uh, shouldn't have done that. No, we're good. <laughs> we're good. I didn't screw anything up. I almost did, but I canceled it. Be careful. Don't just go hitting buttons, Sammy. That's why you got to be careful with that. But it took them to commercial. Yeah. Which if I really had it set up great, I'd go to the commercial. But, you know, hey, stay <laughs> stay with the CZWP as that sort of stuff rolls in. But, yeah, um, you know, that was a funny segment. Good way to go to commercial creative there. I like it. And then we came back, and I believe they were introducing – the competitors for this match. Yes. Yeah, so uh, AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy. And then... For Sammy's, the Intercontinental Yeah, then Championship. Sami Zayn comes out again. This is going to be... This is not for the Intercontinental title. This is just an exhibition match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Adam Pearce comes out with, like, a uh, good shout to whoever said that it was Devon Dudley's, uh, you know, two sons. I mean, if that matters to anybody, but... Yeah, his brothers were secure. His sons were security, and uh, yeah, but he just kicked uh, Sami Zayn out of uh, talking from being on the ramp and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was just. I think censoring Sami is not good for WWE. And the match was pretty good, you know. There again, this probably a dream match when you think about you know two guys with the careers, the history that. Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles have had. And, of course, we know the Intercontinental Championship is prominently featured on the SmackDown brand. Um, you know, they like to put these championship matches on TV with this title. Yeah. So this was another one, but it didn't get too far, as no. I recall. Good action until... Sami Zayn comes out again and yeah, attacks, uh, I think, Jeff Hardy <laughs> and... And AJ Styles wins via disqualification and then beats up uh, AJ Styles as well and then just walks out. And yeah, AJ won by DQ because of Sammy's interference. And uh, after the bell, Sammy enters the ring and it's the hell of a kick, which was nice to hit. The hell of a kick. Hell-luva I always say kick, it yeah. wrong. It's all right. It's a hell of a kick, though. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, gets the kick in. There's some in ring action from Sammy. They're doing a nice job with him. He's so good on the mic. I think it's, you know, the right way to handle Sami Zayn is you don't have him do a lot in the ring. When it is, it's something like this, just kicks, you know, kicks a guy in the head, kicks his head off, yeah, so to speak. Right. Um, so I like that spot. I feel like this has to be leading to a triple threat at Clash of Champions for the Intercontinental Championship. And I like that. I might be getting into the interview with the the new interviewer, um, which I'm sorry, I don't have her name. We'll get it in future weeks. Um, but it went, it, there was a good interview with AJ Styles where I like that what AJ is putting over is that he's not the guy with the belt, but he's actually the best champion of all three of those guys. So I sort of like that. You have like the other two guys have a belt. Jeff Hardy, technically the champion. Sammy has his whatever the other championship that he thinks he's rightfully the champion. But then AJ Styles is like, well, realistically I'm better than either of these guys and I'm a better champion than them. So yeah, you can see that this, it feels like it's going into that triple threat territory at the end of the month clash champions. Yeah. Good take. I agree with that. Yeah, man. So I don't think I was jumping around too much there. Uh, We did get, you know, more updates from the announced team about how later on we were going to find out about the new friend in the fun house, yep. the Firefly fun house with Bray Wyatt, which we teased last week because we knew that that was coming. So that would be later on in the show. We go to Roman Reigns and Jay Uso backstage. Yeah. Uh, Jay's <laughs> trying to do some strategy talk. And, Ray, and uh, Roman's just like chilling there. And he's just <laughs> I swear like... he's hanging out with Matt Riddle, man, backstage. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, 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 I love the joke too much. But yeah. More, uh, yeah, more cool stuff from yeah, Roman. Roman just played, yeah, it's all right. No, there. no, you're fine. Roman's just, you know, just chilling there, and he doesn't really give two Fs about, like, what <laughs> Jay's doing, you know? He's just like, yeah, we're going to do this. You can't really hear what he's saying, but he's just, like, hitting his fists and, like, doing all that. And it's just great that Roman is like, I don't really care. And Yeah, it was sort of a little throwaway segment, but I love when they put these in there because it just helps you. Like you're saying, it gives you more of a feeling for Roman's character right now. It shows you that Jay is like earnestly trying to, he like wants to have a good match with his cousin. He wants to win. He wants to beat Corbin and Sheamus and Roman's just sort of like, yeah, whatever. But let's keep it moving forward, man. Um I think we're to the to the uh, Lucha House Party, all the stuff with uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, the tag team section of the show for yeah. Friday Night SmackDown that involved 
the SmackDown Tag Team Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro, and they're hanging out in their new spot. They hang out in the Championships Lounge. Yep. Championship Lounge, or the Champions Lounge. Yeah. Excuse me, I think that's what it's called. Champion Lounge. Vince Champion is going to be in my ear yelling at me for saying it wrong, but it's the place where the champions hang out. Yeah. It's the place where Cesaro <laughs> and Shinsuke hang out, and the Street Profits are there from Raw, and they're like ready to party because Lucha House parties in the house well that was later on yeah am i jumping all over the it's, place it's man? all good man no worries it was just like uh it was just uh shinsuke and cesaro and then it was uh the street profits and they were talking about like oh you guys got a match later and like they were just like gonna like add a, it was just like they were talking about their match and they were going to talk about like that they they wanted to come over and see what they had to do f- and get scouting report on their match against the lucha house party later on and then they said not to break anything as they were leaving. And then, like, they're about to take, like, popcorn and, like, uh, eat. And Shinsuke's like, don't touch anything or yeah. don't eat anything. I don't know. It just was weird. Yeah, was but weird, of course, wonky segment. Dawkins just starts mowing on the popcorn. Yeah. Because they're partying. You know, the Street yeah. Profits are there to have a good time. Um, yeah, man. So I, I might have to go into a little bit of a mini rant. That's fine. You can rant. I rant. There's this match at Clash of Champions that's been set up between the Raw champion Street Profits and the SmackDown champion aforementioned Shinsuke and Cesaro. Michael Cole goes into this whole thing on commentary where he goes, we have this thing here at WWE called the Interbrand Invitational where once every... Sorry. We have this thing at WWE called the Quarterly Interbrand (laughs) Invitational, (laughs) Uh, which I can't even say it with a straight face, man, because here's the thing. Michael Cole says this like it's just common knowledge around WWE. Yeah, they just made this up. We've never heard anything about it. I think last week they mentioned it for the first time. Cesaro, out of nowhere, says, thanks to the Quarterly Interbrand Invitational, That's how we can have a Raw tag team versus a SmackDown tag team. I absolutely hate it when they do things like this. It's such overbooking. I don't need a reason why we're having a tag team from Raw versus a tag team on SmackDown. I know these shows are coming from the same place in the Thunderdome. It just seems like I don't need this explanation, and I hate it when they throw things at you that they play off as being matter of fact and like common knowledge, when it's something that they've literally never done before in exactly that way, they've done it before. They just find new dumb ways to like, to make it have a reason to be done. But yeah, it just, you know, I don't care about the quarterly interbrand invitational. I don't see why we have to set that up as a thing that clearly it's only going to be for this one quarter and then we're never going to hear about it again. Can I can I enjoy this rant with you? Sure, man. Yeah, right. get in on it. it Pile piss- on. It pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we having it on Raw? You know, <laughs> we're having it on Raw this coming Monday. Yeah, you're when right. We can save that match for Clash of Champions or Survivor Series. Why, you know, why are we, there's no tag teams anymore on the main roster from SmackDown or Raw. Yeah. So I get yeah, it. I get. Much. I get they want to <laughs> like do the interbrand, whatever, the quarterly interbrand. But why are you doing it on Monday Night Raw when you can save it for Clash of Champions or the next pay-per-view of Survivor Series or whenever that happens? It just, it's dumb. What are you thinking? Yeah, see, you're totally right. I just said that the matches at Clash of Champions, which would make so much more sense because you would have two champions clashing, clashing champions. But you're right, it's on Raw. But Zach, it's not just on any Raw. It's going in Raw. uh, Hey, don't shout out other pods, all right? We'll delete that. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, we will. Zach, it's not just going on any Raw. I don't know what to say. It's raw in your face. Oh, raw in your face. Yeah, it's raw in your face. It's, it's sexual. It's, it's in your face, Zach. And it's sexual, I guess. <laughs> if you look, if you think about it. It's in your face. All raw right. Raw in your face. I it's raw know. in your face. It's not just any raw. No, I'm just. I think it's ridiculous. That's why I'm yelling like a crazy person about raw in your face. I don't know what raw in your face means, other than they have like you know a promo that felt like it was straight out of 1997 with like. This kind of 90s yeah. rock music and the announcer, not like their typical announcer. This guy was very like, 
movie promo. It's like, raw in your face. Raw in your face. We'll have a mat- cage match because it's in your face. Championship match between two tag teams in your face. Yeah, I don't know. Raw man. in your face. It's like, uh, I hope this is only one Raw that we have to do this. I think that's been awful, dude. Little bit, um, little bit sexual. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I said yeah. Yeah, you did. And I think you're right about that. So you know that Vince loves it. He absolutely loves it. Yeah, wonky, man. But why this isn't at Clash of Champions, I don't know. Uh, it would have made so much sense. Or, you know, Survivor Series, usually when you get the, like, interbrand. Yeah, you pick your teams, like, for tag teams, but I don't know. But I was yeah. there for actually having champions versus champions on Clash of Champions. I mean, what a concept to have a pay-per-view called Clash of Champions. You think that's logic, right? <laughs> There's no logic in WWE lately. You could have the champions clash at Clash of Champions. I'm <laughs> that getting that would point. Make I'm sense. getting that point. You can nail that on my head so many times. But uh, they're not though. They're gonna they're gonna fight it raw in your face because because in quarterly interbrand <laughs> invitational. Yeah, man. Ooh, wonk fest. Just you know, it's okay. But the thing is, so I love the street profits and I love Cesaro and Shinsuke. And like we say a lot, despite the wonkiness of the build and everything, I bet you it's a pretty banging match on Monday night. You know, it'll be in your face, probably. Great. Yeah, (laughs) I think a lot of things are going to be in your face on Raw in your face. Uh, We'll see where they go with that. It's going to be interesting. But hey, this is the SmackDown review. We got some more on this one, but thanks for going. I thought you really brought like the vinegar to that rant, dude. Yeah, you up the level. I like that, man. That was sweet. Um, I just think I hit some kind of pop up here. So let me get back to uh, (laughs) this. Has been off the rails today, man. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you try to make it. You know, bring it together with some notes or something. But. it was the Lucha House Party, maybe? Yeah, I, you're I right. Know. Lucha House Party. I would sort of checked out for some of the, the Lucha House Party part. It, full disclosure, you know, there was a Game 7 in the NBA playoffs happening. Boston Celtics, great win. I'm a Celtics fan, so there you go, listeners. I was sort of keeping my eye on that, which was great. And then also, you know, keeping my eye, of course, on the SmackDown. Um, so something like Lucha House Party, I've been trained by them to sort of check out anyway. I know they've made them more relevant the last few weeks. They're sort of feuding with each other. Was there more of that, or are they just back to being... Kalisto, I'm just saying, like, I did watch a little bit of their promo when they were coming out. Like, they came out, then they had a backstage thing when they were coming out. And they were just like, Kalisto's like, yeah, I'm the leader of the Lucha House Party, basically. And it, it was just like, I didn't care that he was saying that, and he said that... He'll fall by their example or whatever. I don't know. I just, I kind of like was like you and didn't like fell out of touch with the Lucha House Party or just, I don't know. It made me want to change the channel to be honest because I can't take the Lucha House Party seriously. Yep, and we had a non-title tag team match between Shinsuke so you and So know it's going to happen there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Lucha House Party versus the tag team champs, but again, non-title. Yeah. And uh, some inter- not interference, but some distraction by the street profits. Yeah, the, the street profits, of course, get involved. Um, I mean, it was a good match from what I was getting of it. There again, I'm kind of flicking back and forth as this is happening. Um, but uh, you know, the re- really good in ring, like most of the performers are in this company. So it's a good tag team match. Uh, street profits come down, sort of run some distraction. Forget no, exactly it's just on the down. big screen, like oh, in the back. Yeah, yeah, it's in okay. the back with like everybody partying and distracting them, and then the uh, Shinsuke is like uh, out in the ring. Czar gets rolled up into a pin, and then they lose. And so we do what WWE always do, which I know I said I, I hate on this pod a number of times. We pin the champions in a non-title match because that's the only way that apparently they can get people over to make them look like they can compete against the champions is to just have them pin them in a non-title match right which i really can't stand you got to try to be a little bit more creative than that and it it just makes your champions look weak and i know that there was they were distracted but it's you (laughs) know so that's that 
Lucha House Party wins, I don't know that it means anything for Lucha House Party. I think the feud is clearly, you know, this was mostly about building Street Profits versus yeah, Shinsuke and Cesaro on Ron Your Face. Yeah, and then they go back to the to the lounge where uh, Street Profits are with a bunch of wrestlers. Like, it's random. You have Chad Gable back there. <laughs> you have uh, uh, Drew Gulak. You know, it's just like... They don't need to be there. And Chad Gable is a not a face. You know, he's a heel. You know, he don't have a party with the street profits. It's just Yeah. It's, it's just wonky, it's my man. it's my logic of looking yeah. like deeper into it, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. And I mean it was a fun segment where it makes sense for me to have the street I get where the street profits and the Lucha House party would have fun hanging out together. Yeah. But yeah, to have Gable and, and Gulak and that's just you know, it's too bad you have like world class wrestlers that the only thing you do with them on the show is, you know, have them hang out in the background and Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um so that segment happened. And I think we were just about to what I felt was the most significant part of the show, which, of course, is the one that's a part of the best storyline happening, in my opinion, in this company right now across the board. Of course, I'm talking about Bailey and Sasha Banks, Um, the golden role models last week, famously split. We talked all about it. You can check it out on our uh, last week's SmackDown review, if you haven't already. We also talk about maybe what's next in the bonus episode we cut last week, which is also really cool. Hope you'll check that out on our channel here. But uh, this was, I think, a really big moment in this feud because we had Bailey turn on Sasha last week, and this week she was going to come out and cut a promo to tell us why she did it. And so we're all really interested to hear from Bailey. And, uh, you know, she brought the chair out. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, That's a good prop. Yeah. Bailey's look to me last night was great. Like she looked great. She kind of had, it was like street clothes, but they were like dark and the chair was such a nice touch to have her come out with the chair that had the dents in it. You know, the idea being that that was the chair that she used to attack Sasha Banks last week. So that was a nice touch. And she puts it down in the center of the ring she sits in it sits in it and just looks right into the camera i like that shot it was a cool yeah. like all right this is going to be a serious promo and then she points to the the screen and or, yeah she know. immediately is points to the tron just tron, like yeah. all right here it is and we see the video recap of what happened which this is really good because they should be selling this that was such a good beat down last week they're also talking sorry to cut you off they're also talking about the friendship like yeah i we're best friends and sasha basically like you know being there for her and like giving her like you know them being like the champions and losing the champions and then you know losing the match on smackdown and then it all happened and with bailey beating up you know, Sasha. Yeah, you're right. They sort of played, they gave you like an overview of, of uh, you know, not just the breakup last week. It ended with that, but yeah. it, it went through kind of their history over the last several months together, becoming the golden role models, being draped in gold, dripping in gold um, as a man, that image. I just don't ever want to lose that image <laughs> of them with all those belts, man. So good. But uh, yeah, um, so they set the stage really nicely. And I'll tell you, when Bailey started the promo, I was a little worried she was going to get into that territory that we don't want to see them go with this, where it sort of felt like she was starting to talk about the pressures. And what I always tell you, Zach, like, I don't want to hear it turn into a you people, the typical promo that, you know, where we blame the fans for everything that's happened, because we've talked about so much how personal this feud is now how close they were their best you know their best friends it doesn't yeah. have anything to do with the fans i don't think right and you that was your concern when you texted me and we yeah. talked about it on the phone too so i was a little concerned that you might be right about that but then i thought about like i don't think that's going to be the case because it's just about sasha and not the fans and i don't think we had anything to worry about but your point is valid so it was great that what when she was coming out and she sat in the chair and uh you know basically said she was never she used she thought that sasha was using her but in reality 
it was Bailey always using Sasha. Yeah, so I thought that when this promo really took a turn that I really liked was, you know, she sort of for a couple minutes made me be like, oh, where is she going with this? Uh Uh-oh. And then luckily I liked when she spoke directly to Sasha. She's like, Sasha, I know you're out there watching this. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Because I just wanted it to be between them, you know, and wanted to be personal. And then she launched into like you're saying – which I thought was pretty good, just being like, you know, she's like, I know you better than anybody. I know how you are, and you were trying to use me. You thought you were using me. You wanted to be like me. She's like, you saw my success. You wanted to be like me, so you thought you could use me to get there, but the joke's on you. I've been using you the whole time. and I. So it started off... To me, I thought it was maybe going to go wonky, but credit to to Bailey and I guess the writing or they're working together. However, it came out, I thought her pivot into directly talking to Sasha was what I wanted. And I, like I said, I'm like, here we go. Now it's going to be good. And then I thought Bailey did do a nice job. This isn't necessarily her strongest part of her performance for Bailey. She's so good in the ring. I think she does cut good promos. It's going to take a while for me to get used to her being separate. I'm so used to Sasha Banks and her together and their chemistry together. Yeah. But I do think Bailey did a nice job. I liked, you could feel the passion in what she was saying. Yeah. Hello, ding dong. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. she still got her line yes, in. Thank you know, you. But it was like a more serious, you know, which I like. Yeah, like, um, for sure. You know, uh, yeah, it was good, man. I, I got to give it to Bailey. Like, I do think this ultimately was a good promo. It was what it needed to be at this very important moment in this feud. And uh, yeah, nice job from Bailey. It was maybe like, I don't know if she quite got it to like, maximum like you know didn't quite go to like 11 or whatever on the scale but it was a good 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 heel promo good nice promo for bailey there again being her first one kind of separate from sasha banks let me add something to that yeah they really hit like their stride during this like era for them the golden role model oh hell yeah so hell yeah she could take a little couple steps down and still be good, you know, because we had so hot. She hit the she like I'm trying to say she hit everything out of the park. They both did. Very you know? true. Yeah. So it's like she can have one of those, you know, iffy moments, maybe, I guess. You make a great point. I think when you've been performing at such a high level, you do build a trust with the audience where yeah. you're exactly right. I didn't need it to be like a 10 out of 10, or I like to say 11, you know. Right, right, right. I didn't, you're right, you're absolutely right. It didn't need to be quite all that because, you know, we've built up enough trust with Bailey that, I, you know. High I'm, expectations is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And it was still like a really strong promo. Yeah. And what I like is it just, you know, like I said, when she turned to make it, I'm glad there was the turn in the promo where she really directed it just straight to Sasha. You know, she literally says, I know you're watching and she's talking into the camera, but you can tell she's talking directly to Sasha Banks. So I thought that was really good. Um, Yeah, man, I think there's still more on the table, but there there probably should be because there's this feud is just getting started. They were together for so long. And, you know, as we've talked about, as far as I'm concerned, Keep them apart for a little bit. Keep it simmering. We don't need it to that feud to be at ten or eleven just yet. I have a rant that I want to do, but yeah, I'll, man. I'll save it till You're later. It? All yeah, right, because it's gonna intertwine with like a different superstar. Okay, well we can. That's cool. Nice little teaser for the folks out there. So uh, we'll keep going with the show because I think that pretty much led right into the fatal four way. Yeah, the because, women's number one contender. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, you had Nikki Cross come out. Yeah, as Bailey was up to the middle half of the the. Yeah, like the runway. The runway. Going back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, the ramp. Yeah, and then it looked like they were gonna have an interaction, and then after she walked past Bailey, Bailey comes running down, hits her with the back of the chair, and it was just great. It was a good heel work by. Still by Bailey, and, yeah. Because there's history there, so that was a really nice touch. It makes Bailey look like just that much more of a heel, and yeah, as you just said, the history between them that's there. Um, it makes sense for Bailey to kind of go in and get the cheap shot. You know, she always had Sasha having her back. Now she has the chair. I kind of hope she 
holds on to that chair for a while. I kind of like it. I think symbolically it's like the replacement for Sasha. You know, she's still not out there totally (laughs) alone. She's got this chair, you know. So I like that a lot, man. And it was a cool little spot. Does make sense with their history. And I think it also played into the story of the match where you have Nikki kind of starting in the underdog spot because she gets kind of beat up. You know, then they go to commercial. And when then they everybody's co- out there after commercial. Yeah, which, you know, Nikki got kind of the big spot, but they come back and Alexa's actually yeah, kind of like helping kinda, her yeah, out. Which, yeah, because you know? they've had Nikki and Alexa not quite to the level of Sasha and Bailey, obviously, right. but they've had their own thing going on, kind of a split up recently where they were so tight and were tag team. Did they ever win? Yeah, they were the tag team yeah. champions. Um, and then, you know, of course now Alexa's involvement with the fiend, which definitely came up in this match. Um, and I thought this match was a lot of fun, man. Um, you know, it was between, uh, uh, Bailey, (laughs) no, it was between Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, Tamina and Lacey Evans, who's back. And I guess she's not getting repackaged the one in the vignettes, uh, which that did. I think that was also a little later later on on in the show. yeah, Yeah. Uh, which was easy to miss, but I did see it. And uh, man, talk about like your 1997 attitude era throwback. But we'll we'll talk about yeah. that in a minute. What did you think of this match, this fatal four way for the women's number one contendership? A lot of great storytelling between uh, Alexa and Nikki. I gotta say, like yeah. I popped when like no Alexa like grabbed Nikki and just like looked at her and then gave her to Sister Abigail and like walked out. Like I love that. That might have been the best moment in the whole show. I yeah. absolutely loved it too. She did it. She executed the move really well. The it camera work good. too, you know. Yeah, she even did like the little kiss and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but that the Bray camera worked to go like up to them and like. Yeah, it was yeah. really well done. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. I love Alexa's like pink dreadlocks. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a great look. You know how I feel about Alexa Bliss. I'm a total Bliss mark. But, uh, you know, I just, I love where they're going with their character here, man. It's like darker. And like, there's, I feel like there's a lot we don't know about what she's thinking right now, where her head's at. It's yeah, it, cool. was, it was funny because Michael Cole's like, well, where's the fiend's aspect? And then she just does the system. Yeah. Like that, you know? And I hope she keeps doing that move because it looked great. Like, yeah. what a cool move for Alexa to do. Um, no doubt we're going to get more of the storyline and her involvement with the fiend. Um, that'll be cool to watch it unravel. And also I think, you know, between Nikki and Alexa, there's definitely some unfinished business there. So I do expect that to come into play. And I guess, you know, I don't mean to fast track too much. Good match. All these women did a great job. I do think it's cool to see Lacey Evans back. She's, you know, really gotten pretty good in the ring. Um, compared to when they called her up maybe a little early for NXT. But sort of besides the point, great work. And uh, ultimately, kind of forget how it went down, but Nikki Nikki would get the cross, um, which I thought was a cool win there. Again, tells a nice story within that match where she kind of gets worked over before, but she does the underdog thing, pulls out the big win even after getting a sister Abigail and everything and getting the chair shot by Bailey. Yeah. Um, so good win for Nikki cross. And now she's the number one contender to Bailey's title, which as we, you know, mentioned a couple minutes ago, they sort of rehatch their feud now. Um, but I think the twist on it will be Alexa bliss. And if she's on Nikki's side, if she's not on Nikki's side, um, if she gets involved in this match, if she doesn't, I think that's to me, the interesting angle on this is, you know, sort of how Alexa bliss plays in if she does. And I guess, you know, Sasha might play into it too. I think they leave her off the card to be honest. You think so? And use, uh, Alexa bliss. And I hope you're right because I want Sasha to, to, you know, we got to let this really slow burn, yeah, yeah, this Sasha and sure. Bailey thing. So maybe that is a way to have a match where you can still have, you know, I think maybe you're right, man. Like, yeah, I think it's got to be that Alexa gets involved. And, and this match is at Clash of Champions, I believe. It's not yep. like on SmackDown right, right. next week. And, right, right. You know, yeah. it's not at Raw on your face. No, it's for not. sure. No, it's not. <laughs> like the SmackDown women's title match. Right. They would do something like that. <laughs> yeah, at the Go Ho show or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, man. So I, that was, you know, probably my favorite part of the show last night was this women's four way. And, and 
in particular Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and their work in it. Uh, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, they played a thing on Twitter. I don't mean to get into Twitter, but they had a WWE like get a interview with Nikki Cross, and then Nikki Cross went further into it when she retweeted it, and then said like I'm gonna win the title, and then do it for Lexi or something, and then uh. like and like she's just like reminds me of Jay Uso. Like she just doesn't get it. Like that. Alexa is doing it for Alexa with the fiend, you know. If that, if I can compare the two or not, I don't know. Yeah, no, I like it, man. And you know, we should mention that after Alexa hit that sister Abigail, she just yeah, left. I said that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you? Sorry if I missed. No, it's it, all good. Man. It's all good. But uh, so after that, I guess we went into uh, Otis, Mister Money in the Bank. Taking on John Morrison. This is all getting pretty wonky with lunchboxes and briefcase. I mean, what's next? A backpack or a fanny pack? Money in the bank fanny pack would be pretty mint. I bet they would sell a lot of them, (laughs) you know, because I'm sure they're selling lunchboxes right now. Yeah. Um, But uh, I, you know, um, yeah, I'm not even, I don't care too much about the match. To me, it's more like, are they setting up a match for the briefcase for the Money in the Bank contract between you know either John Morrison and Otis or Miz or yeah, I'm, what are you what are your thoughts on on sort of what's going on with Otis and this Money in the Bank contract and all that? I don't like it. I think that's fair, man. It's you know they had an op- they had many opportunities to give Otis the championship, especially when after the match when. Uh, Payback, not Payback, uh, SummerSlam, when they left uh, the Fiend line there after he won the championship. Yeah. Could have gave that spot to Otis to win the title, then get squashed by Roman. I don't know. That's my thinking. Terrible booking, maybe. I don't know. But I think it's terrible booking on them for not closing in on something great for Otis when it was hot, you know? And he's lost in the shuffle, like I keep saying. I don't like the storyline aspect because Miss is going to probably win it. And there's a clause that he said after the match, there's a clause for it. And I don't know what the big, like what's going to happen with Otis, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just like confused about the whole like setup that it's going on. You know, it's not good for Otis. If he just gets destroyed by Roman Reigns, I don't know how much momentum Otis has anymore. Probably not much, if any, it's nothing like it was when he initially won that briefcase. They probably should have just had him like go for it the next week. When yeah. Strike while the iron's hot because it's not now. And uh, I mean, what do you think? I wanted to ask you, what do you think is can, put a percentage on how much you think there's a chance that Otis can actually cash in that money in the money in the bank briefcase successfully and actually win the universal title. Zero. He's not going to cash. Yeah, I, gonna, I can't really, win. I can't even really argue with Is that. That's a serious question, honestly. No, because, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding because, like, he had his opportunities. They get, they messed up Otis's, like, you know. Yeah. They had a great opportunity with so many times for Otis before Roman came back. You know, it's just they messed it up. But I think with the Miz, they could do a lot more with the Miz because he's been champion before, and all this. They could. And yeah. Good like, point. you know, he he can hold himself in the ring with Roman, maybe. But I don't. You know, Otis can do. I think Otis is limited, to be honest. Couple moves, and that's it. And then he get. You know, I don't know. I'm not. I, I mean, I agree with you, man. And I think we like Otis. You know, he's he's cool at what he does. But yeah, there's no reason he's even gonna be in that scene when you're talking about you know Roman being there and the fiend and which. You know, we'll get to the fun house, but clearly <laughs> there's still things that are gonna happen with the fiend and and Roman. So. Yeah, man. Just I'm glad we sort of talked about Otis for a minute, and it's it'll be interesting to see how they get just take out it off from him. under. I just that. think they just yeah. take, take it off him. You know, it's just turned into a joke of the money in the bank. You know, they like to keep it like as like you know something prestigious to get to the next person that's going to elevate the company. You yeah, know? and it has become comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's just comedy. it's a joke. It really is a joke, like you're saying. And, and with uh, the 
you know, the lunchbox. Yeah. And they, that. and again, you know, Ms. and Morrison stole what they thought was the contract, but yeah. it's an apple core, which I guess, you know, Otis is eating a little healthier. So good for him. But you know, it's just the whole thing is wonky, dude. It's made superstars. Wonk city. It's, the money in the bank is like paid people cash it in. They became champions. I think we were all excited that maybe that could happen for Otis. I think even when it happened, though, we're like, do you really see Otis being the universal champion? I was excited so, yeah. at first, and then just lately it's just been not good. Yeah, but hey, that's where it's at, man. We'll see where they go with it. Um, I do want to mention that it was during that match, one of the commercial breaks, where we had the teaser, the new vignette with the new mystery lady. New mystery leg lady. This time we saw more than legs. And man, they're like, you know, like I sort of made reference to, this is like some Attitude Era-esque, like, you know, um, this was a little interesting, like 20 seconds of airtime. We saw more than just legs. We saw like the pretty much the whole back profile of whoever the woman was. And so blonde hair kind of looks to me, I'm just going to put it out there and I think Probably people are picking up on it. Looks a lot like Carmella. Yeah. I think we're seeing a slightly repackaged Carmella, uh, which is cool. Love Carmella. So, you know, I'm sure she can roll with this character. It'll be interesting to see what she comes up with here. But I feel like that's, you know, yeah, that's what I, I got agree. out of it. Yeah. Just a short little segment was easy to miss. Well, um, they could just throw a swerve and just have the person and then be like, oh, well, here's this person. I yeah. think that's the per- that's the case, but let's just go with Carmella. Yeah, I think it's going to be. But, it, you know, we don't know yet. Yeah. But just wanted to make mention that that was there yeah. so we didn't miss it completely. Um, yeah, and then after that match, you had the whole thing with the briefcase and whatever. I don't even really want to get into that because we sort of covered yeah. all that. Um, so, yeah, I guess we had the uh, the Firefly Funhouse. So he's in the funhouse. He's talking to like Huskus the pig and stuff. They're going to introduce new character. It's somebody the parrot. The parrot. It's some kind of bird. But apparently Bray didn't put air oxygen holes yeah. in the box. So the parrot died. Um, I thought it was going to be called like Polly the parrot because of Paul Heyman, but I don't know. So I got it here. It was uh, the persevering parrot. Oh, which I'm interested who maybe that's a reference to um but yeah persevere it doesn't matter because persevering parrot is dead uh, r.i.p persevering parrot we hardly knew ya um we had yeah he looks in the box they're like oh technical difficulties and that's yep, you know yep. when that all happens and bray's just like oh well like so much for that then we get a cameo from evil puppet Mr. McMahon, which I do love the evil puppet Mr. McMahon character. Uh, and he sort of threatens to fire Bray Wyatt. Yeah. He's like about to do his year. And Bray's like, no, wait, or whatever. Um, and then, you know, they sort of make it so evil. Vince puppet is like, well, I know what's going to fix this place up. You need, he's basically like, I can't give you control. Yep. which might have been a real conversation backstage yeah, between yeah. Vince and Bray. But he's like, I can't give you control all on your own because look what happens. You know, nothing goes right. So I've got the new advocate for the Firefly Funhouse. And I'm like, this isn't going to be Alexa Bliss. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought too when I heard well, that We had too, sort yeah. of predicted it. You know, it would have made sense for her to kind of be the new character. Of course, they weren't going to make it make that much sense though. So instead we get wobbly walrus yeah it was uh wonky man wonky wobbly walrus yeah who very clearly is uh is paul Heyman? um because you know vince mcmahon humor and uh good shit paul Heyman looks like a walrus that's good shit i'm a genius yeah not really yeah, so uh, <laughs> I I got to get your take, man. You're I know you know we go to you with a lot of the fiend and Bray Wyatt stuff. What about this new new character in the Fun House, the Wobbly Walrus? I didn't like it, to be honest. It was just like, yeah, it was should have been Alexa, really. You know, like I was excited. You know, you had like I'm sure a lot of fans were gonna be tuning in for the fiend. For Alexa. And what do you do? You bring the wobbly 
whatever walrus. And yeah. it's just like, it was just a really bad segment for The Fiend. And it just shows the fact that maybe that was not his, like, uh, he didn't have creative control on that part for uh, the segment, you know? Yeah. Like, do you really think it was Bray's idea no. to have the wobbly walrus? No. Paul Heyman no. character come no. in? I don't like it. Yeah. It's awful. It's it didn't make it. It was like I I left. I mean I didn't leave. I like after that statement, I was like, "What the hell?" And I texted. You, I was like, "Wonky man." Yeah, yeah. But my yep, take on it, right. I'm trying to get my take on it. You want to know? Ah, uh, it's awful. <laughs> I pretty much agree with you. I mean, we got the to be continued, so we're yeah. gonna get more of this. I mean, I I'm sure they can. Make it interesting. I, you know, I have faith in Bray. I do, as yeah. we've talked about. I know you do too. So I hope that he can make this work. But I think what was concerning to me is it's clear that they're going to have Bray continue to feud with Paul yeah. Heyman, obviously, and Roman Reigns. Get and I just—is this the beginning of just the end for the Fiend? It's almost kind of feels like we're there. I mean which I hate to say it because there's so much they could have done with this character, but it feels to me like this is eventually a build. I'll put it out there right now. I said it before the the pod. I could see this being maybe like a bloodline Roman Reigns and the Usos versus like a new Wyatt family, maybe Survivor Series kind of thing. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I think we heard months and months, and like a year ago, that the ultimate plan for The Fiend was for him to basically be fed to Roman Reigns. Oh boy, to uh, you know, just do- establish Roman as as the dominant guy that he is, like killing the monster. And I still feel like this is telling me that yeah, that's exactly where they're gonna take this. I think it's gonna be a slow build, and I love all the people involved. I'm sure it can be entertaining, but uh, yeah. So I wasn't really psyched on this segment either, man. Yeah, super wonky. After he faces Jay. It's going to be a slow build. I don't know about your take. This is like your opinion. I like your opinion, and I like what you're saying. But I don't know if they'll use like a Survivor Series tag match with building a big family. I like the bloodline. Yeah, that's great. I think they'll do that. But I don't know if they'll – I think they're going to drop the ball more with Bray and The Fiend. You don't think they're crazy enough – after what happened with The Fiend versus Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell, they're not crazy enough to do Roman versus The Fiend in Hell of a Cell, are they? I'm not getting it or watching it, if that's the case. If they're going to like kill off The Fiend on a one-year anniversary, you know? And that was basically the... Hell in a Cell last year was the first time I feel like The Fiend's character really took a hit. Like yeah. They had done such a great job until that feud with Seth. If you remember, the crowd completely just shit on this match the whole time. I actually felt bad for the performers because I loved Seth and Bray. Um, you know, that was probably like, that might have been just in my opinion, like the worst match of the year last year. Yeah. And they really kind of, that was the first big like destructive blow on the Fiend character. I don't know if they've really recovered since no. that happened, they've had their moments, you know. Um, but yeah, man, I just I worry. My biggest fear is it's going to be Roman versus the Fiend at Hell in a Cell. I guess I hope maybe they can at least bring it out to Survivor Series, even if it's just the Fiend Roman one on one at Survivor Series. Um, I think I would like it to be a faction thing, um, just because I think that kind of. Pro- I don't want the Fiend to just have to go job out to Roman Reigns. I don't want him just to lose and sort of have his because I, I think that would pretty much be the end of him being you know a main event top character on the show so i don't know where they go man yeah I, it's awful it's awful that uh he's being in this predicament you know yeah i agree but hey man you want to move on to the main event yeah which was king corbin and sheamus versus jay uso jay uso and, and roman reigns and somewhat Roman Reigns. The bloodline, which there again, um, so Roman's new thing is he doesn't show up right away. Right. Because this match started, no sign of <laughs> right, Roman. Right, right. Just uh, Jey Uso versus Corbin and Sheamus. Um, but we'll sort of get to the point. I mean, good stuff, you know. All good these, sh- there yeah. again, they're Jey all good Uso, in the ring. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. It's 
all good. Um, Jey Uso put on a hell of a match by himself for most most of it, you know? The thing about WWE is it sort of goes without saying. I mean, I I like to say it and give them the credit, but they have the best in-ring talent on the planet. So, like, all these wrestlers can go. I never really throw any shade at, like, the matches and the performance from the in-ring perspective because, you know, these guys and women on this show are at the top of their game. And there again, this is a match where everybody involved is excellent. Jay Uso, of course, just amazing, uh, really beating them both on his own. Roman did decide to show up once he was done partying with Matt Riddle, I guess, in the back. I got to stop dropping that. But uh, or people are going to start to believe me. Watch that be a thing next week because they're not doing anything with Riddle. But uh, eh, he'll join Corbin's court. That's not a thing. This, you know. Anyway, back to what I was trying to talk about. Um, Roman Reigns comes down, his music hits, he just sort of meanders down to the ring. Jay goes up to do his frog splash to finish off the match. He basically has both these guys beat on his own. Um, Roman just hits him on the back to tag himself in. Jay hits the frog splash, goes to pin him. The ref's like, no, you're not the legal man. And then... Roman just like nods his neck to the left and says like get out <laughs> yeah. like I tagged you like he didn't yeah. say it but like that which was great by yeah. the way I love yeah. Roman throughout this yeah. yeah and then he was just like he speared uh, Sheamus and then he took the victory and basically let you know Jay do all the work and he just came in yep. to, to get the win so show up and win I yep. like they're show being consistent yeah. with yeah. that um, and I guess wreck everyone well at least you know he hit the spear right. and whatever. But, uh, yeah, man, great stuff from Roman. Jay's really good in this, too. I mean, they obviously have such natural chemistry, being that they're real-life cousins. Right. Um, and uh, at the end there, you sort of have, uh, you know, Jay goes to raise Roman's arm, and uh, Roman's just sort of giving him a look. Yeah. Did it kind of go off air like that? They're yeah. Like, like Jay's all like, Happy. Yeah, happy. And Roman's Roman's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, pretty much. He's like, he's giving him like shade. He's like, like, why are you touching my hand? Why are you raising my hand? Like, so much shade from Roman. That's like his character right now, man. I I like it. Shady Reigns. Maybe that's better than comfortably numb Roman Reigns. Either either or. We'll figure it out. We'll get a nickname (laughs) for him. No, but But, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So I just like the fact that he's like, in his care obviously he's in his character but he's just like throwing the shade at jay and like it's just gonna build more to like jay not understanding like that he doesn't want to be associated you know like he's gonna get his ass kicked at class of champions and like you're gonna get your payday but you're not gonna get the title you know yeah man good I, take there what do you think um yeah i think you're i think you're right i think i agree with you um I think that Jay is going to get destroyed, and that's going to be part of the story. I wonder if Jimmy Uso gets involved. There again, little uh, question mark there on outside involvement maybe in that match, but should be a fun match. I uh, love the blood feud. I'm interested to see what happens after, you know, what the fallout is between the the family. And I kind of have this weird feeling that even though Roman's just going to destroy Jay, I think that... Jay might end up joining him after, you know, I think he might be like, wow, Roman, you're unreal right now. You're unstoppable. I'm going to like, you know, you're my cousin. I'm going to support you. Like, I don't know. I could just see it because we know the Usos can kind of be good guys or bad guys. Like I could easily see them flipping over to the dark side, having a little heel faction going. Paul Heyman sort of running. That could be fun. We've already, you know, they're already dropping these hints about, you know, tribal chief, island yeah, chief. Yeah. And so it would kind of make sense, you know? So I think that's where they're going. That's why I want to say it's a Survivor Series team because to me it's like if you're doing Survivor Series right, I know it's not for a couple months, but I would start planting some seeds, building some teams now. So by the time we get there, it'll feel somewhat natural. But uh, we'll see where they go, man. But, um, you know, cool, good enough finishing segment. Uh, I guess we're there, man. I got to get your take on overall. You know how we do it on this show, Zach. Tell me, did you have a good time watching Friday Night SmackDown this week? In spots, I did. Yeah. I think that's a fair answer, man. I I agree. It wasn't like how it was the past couple weeks. 
they dropped the ball on a couple things. I like the whole Bailey aspect of her, like, you know, talking about Sasha and how she used her. Yeah. I liked how Roman has been, you know, killing it against Jey Uso and definitely not wanting to be a part of, like, what Jey Uso is all about, you know, like, you know, just throwing shade and everything, you know. Yeah. Uh, Am I missing anything? Uh, Alexa Bliss, you know. Planting the seeds still with like uh, f- the fiend, yes. Giving the sister Abigail to uh, um, Nikki Cross, and that, like I said, I think that's the highlight of the show for yeah. me. Love Alexa's work, Bailey's promo. What is there a mouse in here or something? <laughs> <laughs> Bless you, man. You Thanks, know, man. but uh, yeah, dude, I I agree. It was a like I enjoyed some segments more than other. I'll say it was an okay time. Yeah, like it, it was wasn't okay, a bad yeah. time. You know. Not a lot stood out to me on Raw. I almost am just more interested in what the hell is going on with this Raw in your face thing next week. I know we got some cool matches. Like there is a cage match, the tag team championship, champion champion versus champion match. I want to get my take, my ramp. Sure, man. What you got? Why the hell are you, you injure Drew McIntyre to the point that he goes from a skull fracture, bleeding or whatever, to a broken jaw, yeah. and then you use him the next week. Yeah. You know, like, you can't yeah. hold off for a couple weeks and not use your champion. You know, it's bad enough, like, you you like you hurt him. But, like, I'm glad they didn't ruin the whole thing with Sasha Banks, you know. Let's bring Sasha Banks back, you know, like, after the beatdown that she got, you know. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Because they're, they yeah. dro- like, it just doesn't make sense. Their logic, you know, I get it. I get they want to bring Drew McIntyre back. He's the champion. He's great and everything. But you got to keep him off TV for a little bit. And build Randy Orton and Keith Lee and all that. It just didn't make sense. You took, like, those kicks and it was supposed to be that serious, you know? Yeah, they did make it seem like a massive deal. And if he broke his jaw, he wouldn't just be back now. He seemed like fine. Yeah, right? he can open He's his mouth. He can open his yeah. fighting. Yeah. And, you know, he sort of does the same to Randy. I guess he had his jaw on the rope, sort of. He, you know, he's like, how do you like it, Randy? Or I, yeah. I don't do good. <laughs> not a good Scottish Randy, impression. Randy, Randy. Dude, that's good. You got to do the Drew McIntyre impression. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But no, I like that. <laughs> thank man. you, thank you. I'll stick to Cameron Grimes. Yeah. Can't wait till we get Cameron Grimes versus Drew McIntyre. But, uh. Someday. Yeah. Five years. I just ago. thought it was dumb that they brought. Drew McIntyre back. Yeah, I agree. That's, you know, I don't, they don't know what to do without him, I guess, man. Uh, but that, I did think that was pretty wonky, man. But I just, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just like that SmackDown is keeping Sasha Banks and Big E, and from, Big getting, e yeah, yeah. from getting hurt. Good I mean, call. from like keeping them off while they got hurt. You yes. Know? And I think Big E could come back in like a week or two, but really, Sasha, like, it's the best storyline in wrestling. You don't need to brush anything. I want, I want Bailey and Sasha to be a WrestleMania match. So you're going to have to take your time, and they're going to have to make smart decisions on what Bailey does next. Um, eventually, I think you can bring Sasha back. It's not like she has to wait until Mania. You can bring her back and maybe have her feud. Maybe they'll put her on a different brand for a while. But there again, I don't want Sasha back for life. I don't think they'll do that. Anytime they can't, too soon. They can't, it's like cutting the cord on Bailey and Sasha by switching her to Raw. True. You know, I, you can't really do that. Yeah, I guess we'll I see mean, what happens. We'll see, man. yeah. Um, also... Why are you making the Riot Squad face the champions in a handicap match? Like, yeah, that was wonky you ha- too. Like, Raw was wonky. I don't get the fact like you have a great match with like, like the champions. You're making the champions like great one week, yeah, and then you have them in a two on one against the Riot Squad, and then like you get Shayna pinned by Ruby Riot or Liv. It just doesn't make sense. You Felt know? more like comedy matches. Yeah. After we had just seen them be badasses for a couple weeks beating the Golden Role Models. And I thought they had actually started to establish Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, the Riot Squad or Riot Team. Can't be a squad with two people. Riot Duo. I thought they had actually established them as maybe being a credible threat to the tag team champions. But now I'm like, well, it took two of them to beat one, and then the Nia match, they didn't even want to have, like, Nia be pinned. So. Yeah, one, retribution. two, one, two, retribution, yeah, retribution. what the hell? Yeah. I don't know why, I'm just, it's like, blech, yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, we won't start talking about retribution. No, um, we need to. So I think I just want to give a shout out to uh, Finn Balor, and this was a really cool match to open NXT. Finn Balor versus Adam Cole, you know, is gonna bang. These guys are two of the best wrestlers in the world. I enjoyed it. I wasn't. A lot of people were down on that four-way Iron Man match that we didn't get a decisive winner. I actually liked the way they did this. I liked getting this singles match. I thought it was a great match. So that's my shout to NXT, and I think just smart to put that title on Finn Balor now in his second run. Um, you know, he'll be a good dominant champion. I love with Finn that we haven't even like thought about uh the demon in a long time and i wonder you know if they bring him back how they bring him back i don't know that they will you know now he's doing his uh prince gimmick i think the demon's dead not like prince the musician he's not anything like that but you know the finn Finn balor prince or i don't do i don't do good anyway um (laughs) cool show uh yeah so you know I want to before we go to like call us up. But I thought the match with Buddy Murphy or Murphy and uh, Dominic was pretty good. Like the so, like the slide off in the ring into the power bomb and get into the tight uh, the the table was pretty sick. Yeah, dude. Um, straight up, like I think Dominic has been impressive. Yeah. I was a little bit skeptical. I'm like, why does this kid get a super push just because he's Mysterio's son or whatever? But I think he's really held his own. I was, I don't know if this was the intention they were going for. I'm glad you brought up the Mysterios. I was laughing my ass off when they were beating down Murphy with the kendo sticks. The family beat down, like Dominic's like little sister getting involved in it. What, Aaliyah Mysterio, I think is her name, and the mom. Yeah, Yeah, it was a little weird uh, though, but I I, thought it was weird. Yeah, so I probably wasn't supposed to be laughing at it, which isn't a good thing. Like there's, you know, I think you're supposed to be like, whoa, this is shocking. But I just thought it was funny as hell. I actually loved it, man. I got to admit, just because it was funny. They're like the whole family beating down Murphy, and I loved Rey Mysterio doing what Seth does yeah, to him, yep. being in the camera like, you're watching this, Seth? Like, yeah. you know, my Mysterio impression is awesome, so. Are Off you watching team. this, Seth? <laughs> I think he said a lot more than that, but you yeah, guys get yeah, the point. Yeah. Uh, good stuff from the Mysterios. Maybe they're going to have a Survivor Series match as a group. The, the Mysterio family, family versus, versus the bloodline. <laughs> they just get, like, destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantasy terrible booking that we have, but whatever, you know. (laughs) There's some terrible fantasy booking to end the show. You know, we keep it real here on the CZWP, Zach. I have a lot of fun doing the show with you, man. We appreciate you guys out there listening. You know, if you're a big wrestling fan or if you're not, you can hang out with us on this show. We'll tell you about what's going on and, uh, and keep it fun and have, you know, that's what we do, man. It's CZWP.